now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 437, and today we are talking about books being released on November 7th, 2023, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Danica Ellis, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Danica, hello! Hello! We just scared your dogs. I know. I feel bad. We, We always clap to start the podcast, and then just for the recording... And then my dogs both were on the tile and just scrambled in place like cartoon <laughs> characters. I thought you fell over. And to be clear, we clap to like make a noise to get the sound levels. We don't like give ourselves some applause before we start. We're like, let's just give ourselves a round of applause before we begin recording the show. Yeah, no, that's not what happens. Um, so this is episode 437 and the corresponding area code to 437 the internet tells me is Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which oh. I've, I've mentioned before. I've always wanted to go there. I hear it's an amazing city. Someone told me that once when I was a little kid, like when I was at the library with my mom, one of the librarians, I think she said it was the best city to go to. And I've always wanted oh, to go. I've really? never been. But I do know that I Charles know, Barkley says it's his favorite city, too. Hmm. So he always mentions it like on the TNT broadcasts. He loves Toronto. So... <laughs> Their basketball team, not so much. <laughs> I've mainly just stayed in BC, so there's yeah. there's a lot of Canadian cities I need to visit at some point. Oh, well. Field trip. Yeah. So what else is going on, dogs, the world? <laughs> I know. It's trying to find something to lightheartedly talk about at this point in the world is difficult. Yeah, But I did last weekend, because we're kind of recording this at a weird time, but uh, last weekend was Dewey's 24-Hour Readathon, mm-hmm. and it's my favorite day of the year, and I read a bunch of horror books in one sitting, and I loved it. You it's haven't just... slept since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a day of reading and snacking, which I know is like most days, but yeah. just having a day to really set everything aside celebrate books it's a great time yeah highly recommend it it's fun to have a purpose we're recording this at a weird time because i'm off next week mm-hmm. like i just hung up with kelly from recording the october 31st episode yeah. of all the books um and Danica was nice enough to record a week early so that i could try and relax next week we'll see what happens i usually get sick on my time off but oh, wow. You know, I just got over COVID, so I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling pretty confident that, you know, I might be okay this time. Famous yeah. last words, but, you know, I want to read lots and lots of books. Um, yeah, I've been reading a ton lately, um, and just like loving almost everything that I've read. But I'm like saving it all to like talk about 
like in the mm. newsletters and on the yeah. podcast at different times and stuff. But and we're also coming into that season where we're going to be doing a lot of roundups and preview yeah, shows. Some of the best of the year lists are already coming out. Like no, <laughs> mid October. I feel Years bad. <laughs> I feel bad for those books that come out after that, and I also feel bad yeah. for like the books that come out at the beginning of the year. I feel like people don't yeah. remember them at the end. You know, I was talking about a couple that I love so much and people were like, I've never heard of those. I'm like, but we're going to tell people about great books today. First, we want to remind people or actually let people know that it is happening, readers. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers or you're on a budget or you want a wider range of recommendations or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists you can also gift it because the holidays they are coming get all the details at mytbr.co that's mytbr.co check out tbr all right so we are now going to hear from our first sponsor okay so uh i read this book and janica read this book but i get to talk about it because i'm meaner (laughs) Because it was my mistake, I didn't see the Liberty already claimed this book, and I also read it. So Liberty gets to go first. Yeah, you can just add some commentary. Yeah, you can just go ahead and correct me on all the things I get wrong. Anyway, I'm sure there'll be lots. Um, but it is the very exciting bookshops and bone dust from the Legends and Latte series by Travis Baldry. So as I just mentioned, Travis Baldry wrote Legends and Lattes, which is an amazing fantasy book about uh, Viv, who is a battle orc who wants to retire and open a coffee house, which is awesome. And this book is set in that same world, but we get to meet Viv when she's younger. She has just joined a gang of mercenaries. Very excited about this. So excited, in fact, that when they head off to fight a necromancer, uh, she's kind of showing off and like, like being like, hey, look at me, I can kill all these skeletons, you know, these animated skeletons, uh, or I should say reanimated skeletons, um, and she's just being reckless, and she ends up getting stabbed in the leg and severely wounded. So now, the leader of this gang she just joined is like, eh, you're out for a while, we're gonna dump you in this little tiny seaside town, you rest up, and we'll come and get you on the way back after we've defeated the necromancer, and it's all cool. She's super bummed, but also she's really injured and doesn't, like, remember much of this when they bring her to this little tiny room in a little tiny inn. Her leg is badly injured. She wakes up. She's in a lot of pain. She can't really stand on it very well. She doesn't remember them bringing her there, like I said. She is told that she tried to murder the surgeon who came in to attend her because she is a big, scary orc and uh, she's a lot bigger than most people. And she also likes to fight, so apparently she tried to kill the doctor. Um, But she's super bored, and she's feeling really cramped up in her little room. The bed is, like, two feet shorter than she needs. Uh, So she decides to leave the inn. The first day she goes out, she walks the boardwalk. There's an amazing bakery, or at least there are amazing smells coming from a bakery. Uh, But she forgot her coin, so she can't go there. Uh, And she winds up in a bookstore. From first appearances and smells... It would seem the bookstore is abandoned or falling apart or both. Um, It's really old and it smells like dog and 
it's actually not that bad because she gets to meet Fern. Fern is the owner who is a, I don't know, the, do you remember the exact term for it? Fern is like yeah, a... She's a ratkin. Thank you. A ratkin. Yes. So kind of like a, a very large mouse rat person who is still much smaller than, than Viv uh, and likes to wear a cape. And it, she Fern is the owner of the bookstore and the owner of Pot Roast. Pot Roast is a grifflet. A half dog, half bird, who from the painting on the cover of this book looks like a pug with an owl's face and wings. And OMG, you are going to love Pot Roast. Um, Pot Roast just like snuffles around and wants treats and barks at people, but like also like kind of hoots. So it's like a barking hoot sound, which is awesome. So Viv is stuck here. She has to start spending time in the town, which is called Merc. Uh, she befriends Fern. She decides she's going to help Fern clean up the bookstore. And Fern also gives Viv recommendations, lends her books, and Viv discovers she likes to read more than she thought she would. There's also an annoying gnome who's hanging around the inn hoping Viv can get her into the gang that she's in when they come back for her. There's another orc who's like a handyman who helps her out. The local constabulary who hates Viv on sight. There's the owner of the bakery who is a shameless flirt. Um, and then Viv starts seeing a man in gray robes, but she can't tell if she's imagining it or if it's real. And is there going to be trouble in Merc? This is another amazing cozy-ish fantasy novel. I say cozy-ish because there is battle violence and also Fern the Ratkin swears like a sailor. Um, so if you don't like profanity, too bad. Um, you still want to read it for pot roast. But Mostly in this book, they talk about books and reading and why they like reading and they decorate the bookstore and they eat delicious desserts and breads and they play with pot roast. The first book in the series, Legends and Lattes, was subtitled a novel of high fantasy and low stakes and that definitely applies to this one too. Like, who doesn't want to read this? It's just amazing and just as wonderful as the first, if not more. Danica, what do you have to add? Uh, well, you covered the most important part. Pot roast! Pot roast. <laughs> um, I was going to say there are excerpts from the book she's reading, which is really fun, because uh, they're all different styles. So there's like a, a, an adventure book and a romance, and most of them are also lesbian books <laughs> that she's reading, which is fun. Uh, but yeah, I initially I was like, okay, this is very much like the first book, except instead of a coffee shop, it's a bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, is that going to be too repetitive? But I loved it. Like I would read 10 more exactly like this. Yeah. And I think it's cut, you know, like a cozy mystery series. Like, yeah, a lot of the, the appeal is the same from book to book. And that's why yeah. you want to read the series. <laughs> There's also like a... I liked when they, I'll be vague about it, but when they end up kind of accidentally adopting an animated skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of the reanimated skeletons because it made me think of Getty in the Ninth. Mm, you know, the, mm -hmm. like the whole house is populated by them and run by them. Um, I read a galley of this and they didn't differentiate between the books that Viv was reading and... Um, oh. the story so like I, like when the first one showed up I was like I don't understand what's happening <laughs> like what how did this change all of a sudden like who are these people and where, why don't I meet them again <laughs> that would be very confusing I also was not sure about like the the 
romance aspect of this because it's a mm-hmm. prequel. So you know that there's a romance in the second book. You'd like, no, this isn't going to. Yeah. You know, because it's it's earlier in her life. Uh, but I, I actually thought it worked really well and I was still invested in it even yeah you know as like kind of a, a fling or a, yeah I was gonna say they call it a fling right there on the yeah the book cover so I mean you don't you know I thought it was it was fun to go back and see her when she was younger yeah. um I am going to be interviewing Travis Baldry oh, in fun. Portland in a couple of weeks for his only New England event for the release of this book I'm very oh, excited that's so exciting. I was like Thinking that was so cool. I was telling them, I was like, I'm going to wear elf ears. She And my friend was like, you and everyone else. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess you're probably right. Do you have a friend with a pug? Can you? <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. I do. Like pot roast. It, I mean, it, that's the dog that I see the most, like, in the illustration and also, like, the way they talk mm-hmm. about pot roast in the book. It's, you know, kind of annoying, very snuffly, you Yeah. Know. Thinks they're bigger than they are. (laughs) So we've talked about this book forever. Anyway, it is called Bookshops and Bone Dust from the Legends and Latte series by Travis Baldry. All right. The other book that I read. So I'm going to talk about three books today that I didn't read because because I messed up. Uh, So this is the other book that I did read, which is called Gorgeous Gruesome Faces by Linda Chang. And I want to give content warnings up front for self-harm, homophobia, racism, sexism, suicide, violence, and gore, and some of that I'm going to mention in uh, my little review. So this is about Sunny, Candy, and Mina, who were a young K-pop group on the rise. They all starred in a popular TV show, and that launched their career, but that's in the past, and in the present, everything fell apart. Sunny and Candy turned against each other. Now they don't talk anymore. And more significantly, Mina died. She jumped to her death in that in the early part of the book, in the the earlier timeline. So now Sunny is 18 and basically feels like the best years of her life are behind her and that she squandered her shot at fame. And also is just in this weird space where Candy won't speak to her. They used to be inseparable. And now she won't take her calls. And she's having trouble kind of processing what actually happened. Because there are some secrets. There are some supernatural aspects. But her and Candy are basically the only ones that know about that part. And Candy won't speak to her. So she can't really move on from what happened. So she's following her on social media and discovers that Candy has entered herself into a K-pop competition, and she decides that she's going to join the same competition, not really to relaunch her career, though that's what her manager mother likes to think. Mostly she's just trying to get Candy to talk to her and to work through what actually happened to Mina. But when she gets to the workshop, she finds out that something is wrong here. Girls keep getting injured. The hallways seem to rearrange themselves sometimes. She can't seem to find rooms again that she was in the day before. And she keeps thinking she can kind of see Mina out of the corner of her eyes sometimes. So this story 
rotates timelines between the competition in the present and the lead up to Mina's death. This is described by the publisher as a speculative thriller, and I think that probably fits better than horror. This is very horror adjacent. Maybe it does count, but it's kind of sprinkled throughout. There are horror elements, including some unexpectedly upsetting gore. There's one scene that I don't think I will ever get out of my head, uh, but that's not the majority of the book. The majority of the book has sort of a surreal off-putting feel. At the workshop, Sunny is placed with Candy as her roommate, but that doesn't seem to convince Candy to talk to her. She's still pretty much ignoring her. I will say that this is a sapphic book, that their relationship was not strictly platonic, and Candy kind of pushed her away to maintain her image. So there is that sort of history simmering under the surface of this book. And that relationship, the friendship, and the kind of romantic aspect that's maybe there, maybe not, is really at the center of the story. And I won't give away the supernatural element, because that's sort of unspooled over the course of the novel, but it is a very different focus than I've seen in a horror novel before, which is really interesting. It kind of feels more in the fantasy realm, but the the focus is different. So I thought that was a really big strength of the book, is that unique explanation of what is happening. And there is more going on here than just the shifting hallways and the girls with the wrong faces and the horror elements. It also talks about the pressures of the K-pop industry and the difficulty of fame, including the racism and stalking that they go through. I think if you're a fan of K-pop, horror, dark fantasy, sapphic romance subplots, and surreal settings, or any mix and match of those, I think you will like that. This is Linda Chang's debut, and I'm really interested to see how her writing develops over time. I definitely will check out the next books that she writes. And that is Gorgeous Gruesome Faces by Linda Chang. That cover is wild. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. So my other pick today is The Liberators by E.J. Coe. Co-wrote a beautiful memoir. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show or not, but it was called The Magical Language of Others, which was about her communications with her mother uh, while her mother was in Korea and Ko and her brother were living in the U.S. Their parents brought them over here and then went back to Korea. And so she was without her mother for much of of her young life. Um, And it's just, uh, just an amazing memoir. This is her debut novel. It's very short, so I'm not going to tell you a lot about it because it's only 200 pages. Um, But it is about a couple named Insuk and Sungjo from South Korea who immigrate to California during the military dictatorship in that country, like in the early 80s. And it's told in a series of vignettes that are narrated by several different characters, including her father, a prison guard, and a dog. It jumps around in time Uh, We see them when they first meet and decide to get married. Uh, Then when they're married, Sungjo leaves her behind with his impossible overbearing mother while she's pregnant uh, and goes to California to find them a place to live and says he's going to call for them, which takes a very long time. And then we see them when they all move to California and his mother joins them and she's still being very difficult. It covers key moments in history uh, and follows the family 
through time, uh, Insuke starts to pull away from the life that she has there. Uh, it also revisits the past, uh, a look at uh, times in the Korean War and the Japanese occupation, uh, Korean reparations and tragedies that have occurred. It's basically a look at all this family or these two families have endured. Um, it's beautiful and just heartbreaking and really hard. Um, it's just absolutely excellent. I do want to give content warnings for loss of a loved one, physical abuse, child harm, war, violence, gore, murder, and animal death. There's a lot of animal death. Um, and I'll just say, I did mention that one chapter was narrated by a dog. Um, so get ready when you read that one. Uh, and yeah, but it's, it's beautiful. It's The Liberators by E.J. Coe. All right, so now I'm going to jump into the books that I have not read, but I am really excited about. So the first one is Hunt on Dark Waters by Katie Robert. This is next up on my TBR. I am really looking forward to diving into it. This author is known for the Dark Olympus romance series, which are each retellings of mythology. They're a series of books that have gone viral on TikTok. She's got a huge fan base. And this is the first book in a new fantasy romance series. And it's one that has a bisexual main character. So that's what put it on my radar. Evelyn is a witch who is on the run from her vampire ex-girlfriend, who, yes, she stole from. And that is why she now has to be on the run. So the good news is that she stumbles into a portal that takes her far away from her problems. The bad news is that she immediately acquires some new problems, which is primarily that she has been transported into the middle of the ocean in whatever world this is and has to be rescued. Her rescuer is Bowen, who is a telekinetic pirate captain who gives her an ultimatum when he fishes her out of the water. She can join the crew or die. So not much of a choice there. She's not going to just hang out in the ocean. So Bowen and his crew are bound to patrol the threshold, the space between worlds, in order to keep the portal safe. So Evelyn joins the crew, but she has no intention of actually keeping her promise. She is just looking for an out. Meanwhile, though, there are sea monsters to fight and plenty of other mythological creatures and magical obstacles to navigate around. And of course, despite Evelyn and Bowen having nothing in common and disliking each other on site, they also can't deny the chemistry between them. So this is another steamy fantasy romance from a beloved author. It's the first book in a new series, and that's Hunt on Dark Waters by Katie Robert. I've always imagined that if I had to teleport somewhere, I would have that kind of bad luck where I'd end up in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. You know, or I think of the time traveler's wife. Did you ever read that? Mm -hmm. Where he ends up in like the little tiny space between the staircases. Like when you look oh. down several flights of stairs, like he gets yeah. stuck like in there for a while I mean, statistically like it's gotta happen right i mean the, the earth ocean, has a that's lot most of water of <laughs> yeah like just that alone you know if i'm gonna believe in teleportation i'm gonna have a hard time believing that we can actually aim for where we want to go you know yeah it's a good point like it's probably gonna take a while to figure that out but i yeah. could be i could be wrong um so those are books that we have read and have not read and now we're going to talk about some more books that we have not read um necessarily in hardcover and paperback that we are excited about 
And I'm going to kick it off with Hot Springs Drive by Lindsay Hunter. This is the third book to be published by Roxane Gay's imprint. It is about two best friends who also have a toxic friendship, I'm guessing, because one of them ends up dead and somebody knows who did it. It's received several starred reviews. Lindsay Hunter is an auto-buy for me, starting with like her first novel, which was published by a little indie press. I can't even think of what it's called right now, but it was so cool. It was shaped like a suitcase and it had like this little fold and you like tucked it in like the cover, like actually like tucked in like a box of crackers. And I still have that around here somewhere, but she writes fierce novels and she is hella funny too. So I'm very excited about this one. It is called Hot Springs Drive and it is by Lindsay Hunter. My next book is one that looks really good, but I'm also a little bit intimidated to read. And it is A Grandmother Begins the Story by Michelle Porter. This is a story about five generations of Métis women written by an award-winning Métis author. And the description says it's written like a crooked Métis jig and also includes the point of view of bison, prairie grass, and more. So the five generations, the youngest is Carter, who is a young mother who is just learning about what her heritage means. She didn't actually know she was Métis until she was a teenager. Allie is Carter's mother, who is trying to protect her from the pain that she went through, determined not to repeat the mistakes of her mother. Lucy is Allie's mother, who is wanting to connect to Carter, who she's never met. And Lucy's mother, Genevieve, is fighting to survive her demons and her struggle with alcoholism. And finally, Mame is in the afterlife watching the generations of women who began with her. She has to sever the threads connecting her to the living, both so she can move on and so they can make their own way in their lives. This sounds like an ambitious, moving story about intergenerational trauma. It's told in vignettes, and early reviews say that although there are many characters, they're each so fully realized that it's easy to tell them apart. It sounds like it's somewhere between a novel and a collection of interconnected short stories. I am really looking forward to picking this up, but I want to make sure it's a time where I can really give it my full attention and read it slowly and allow all those micro stories to breathe and really think about the ways they weave together. Content warnings include alcoholism, drug use, death, grief, and suicide. And that is A Grandmother Begins the Story by Michelle Porter. Okay, and... My other pick for today is World Within a Song, Music That Changed My Life and Life That Changed My Music by Jeff Tweedy. Very excited to get my hands on this one. Tweedy is the one of the co-founders of Uncle Tupelo and more famously Wilco and also in the band Land Ho on Parks and Rec if you watch that show. Um, but I love his music. I love seeing Wilco live. It's been a long time. Um, I loved his memoir, which was called Let's Go So We Can Get Back. He had a, a book that came out a couple of years ago called How to Write One Song. Um, my husband and his friends are musicians. They write music for NPR podcasts, and they're always talking and thinking about music, and I gave that to them, and they said it was just amazing. Like, as, as I have no musical talent, it, it didn't have the same effect on me reading it. I thought it was great, but they, you know, really found it to be influential and helpful um, and now he has this new one, World Within a Song, where he talks about 
the influences in his life, like what has changed his music, like from his own life and, and what music changed his life. Like we all have those songs that were like, oh, or that album, you know, you remember where you were when it happened. Um, this is, you know, probably a great gift book for the musician in your life or the Wilco fan in your life. I'm really looking forward to checking it out. It is called World Within a Song, Music That Changed My Life and Life That Changed My Music by Jeff Tweedy. And now we are going to hear from our next sponsor. Okay, Danica, what you got? All right, my last book I'm going to talk about today is called The Queer Girl is Going to Be Okay by Dale Walls. And if you know anything about me, you are probably not surprised that I was interested in this book, just from the title alone. This is a YA novel about Dawn, who is a queer, trans teenage girl looking for love so far unsuccessfully. So she decides to make a documentary about queer love. And she thinks if she can just interview enough happy queer couples, she's going to crack the code to finding that for herself. Or at the very least, she can submit the documentary for consideration for a scholarship. This is a huge undertaking. Making a movie is not easy, but she's doing it with the help of her two best friends, and they are prepared to meet the challenge head on. This is a coming-of-age story set in Houston, and it's a celebration of the friendship between these queer teens of color. It also explores family relationships and really celebrates all the kinds of love that these characters have in their lives. They're about to graduate high school, and they are struggling to decide what to do next, which dreams are worth pursuing, and what the most practical choice for them is. We also get excerpts of Dawn's documentary. This looks like a perfect choice for queer teens looking for a comforting read about queer community and queer love and all its permutations. And that is The Queer Girl is Going to Be Okay by Dale Walls. Okay, so those are books we have read and loved and books that we are excited to read. Now it's time to talk about a few paperback releases that are out today. Starting with Atana and the Firebird by Vivian Zhao. This is a gorgeous graphic novel about a mermaid girl who has been abandoned on an island by her family for reasons that you will discover. Uh, she meets a firebird and they go away to a cloud city, I think it's a cloud city, uh, where they find safety and people like them, but also maybe it's not the place that they are supposed to be. Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. I mentioned her on the podcast last week because I was reading Bride, um, also the author of Love Hypothesis and the other books in that series. This one, if you can tell from the title, is about rival chess players who fall in love. Daughters of the New Year by E.M. Tran, about a Vietnamese immigrant family in New Orleans who live their lives according to their zodiac signs. The World Keeps Ending and the World Goes On by Franny Choi. This is a new poetry collection from the acclaimed poet and author of Soft Science and other award-winning poems. The Ice House by Monica Sherwood. I really liked this one. This is a middle grade novel that came out last year. It's climate fiction about two middle graders living in the same apartment building. The world at this time is covered in ice. It's cold and icy every single day because of climate change. Uh, Louisa and Luke live there. Luke's father has been badly injured in an accident on the ice and he no longer remembers who Luke is. Or I don't even know that he's woken up at this point in the book when we meet him. 
Um, and it's really hard on Luke. And this is sort of about like their friendship and they're building an ice house outside the building. It's giving serious bridge to Terabithia vibes. It's really good. We All Want Impossible Things by Katherine Newman. This one sounds heartbreaking. I haven't read it yet, but I know that so many people loved it. It's about two lifelong friends and their four decades of friendship. And now Edith is dying of cancer and she moves into a hospice to be near her best friend, Ashley. And we learn about their friendship and their lives at the end. Blackwater Falls by Ozma Zahanek Khan. This is a new mystery series set in Colorado uh, about a young detective who is trying to solve the disappearances of girls from immigrant communities in the area and her partner who may be trying to hinder the investigation. A Face for Picasso, Coming of Age with Cruzon Syndrome by Ariel Henley. Cruzon Syndrome is a rare condition where the bones in the head fuse prematurely. Uh, Henley and her sister were the first known twins to have been born with this and survived. Uh, this memoir is aimed at a young adult audience, um, and she explains what life is like living with a facial disfigurement. And the Book of Everlasting Things by Anchal Malhutra, about a Hindu perfumer and a Muslim calligrapher. This is set in the 1930s against the backdrop of partition. Uh, and how their relationship is going to last when their families are on opposite sides. Will they be able to make it? Also excellent, very excellent book. Um, another one that came out, I think it came out at like the day after Christmas last year or whatever the Tuesday was after Christmas. And I feel like so many people missed it, um, but it's really good. And those are paperbacks. Yay. Danica, what are you going to read next? I'm a little overwhelmed with choice because I went overboard with the readathon preparation and I have 30 books checked out for the library. <laughs> I read reasonable. like six of them, but you know, not not quite 30. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to read next, but I'm thinking An Embarrassment of Witches by Sophie Goldstein mm -hmm. and Jen Jordan which is a graphic novel that is a coming-of-age story about a witch who just graduated, trying to figure out what she's going to do in her life. And it looks like it's a very kind of everyday story that just happens to have a witch main character. So I'm definitely going to keep with the horror, witchy, you know, Halloween vibes. What about you? What are you reading next? Well, um, I will tell you that I like to get like an idea of what I want to read. I start making a list like when I have time off. So I've been making a list for the last few months of like what I was going to read when I'm off next week. And uh, when I last looked at it, I had 317 books on it. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, I feel better. Now. <laughs> yeah, I keep putting like what's happening. Like, OK, no, I really have to read this one next. No, I really have to read this one next. It's I do the same thing with like physical copies of books. I'll be like, OK, this is my TBR pile. And then I'll start making one next to it being like, but this is my TBR to read sooner pile. And then like, and then all of a sudden you have like 800 stacks of books because I just, I can't stop. It's, it's impossible. But um, for work, I'm going to be reading The Cactus Hunters, Desire and Extinction in the Illicit Succulent Trade by Jared D. Margulies, which comes out on November 14th, which sounds very orchid thiefish. And The Curse of Penrith Hall, it's a mystery, a historical mystery by Jess Armstrong, which comes out on December 5th, which also sounds like a lot of fun. So 
that is what I'm going to read. And that is it for us today, book lovers. You can visit mytbr.co to find out more and sign up. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. Thank you to our sponsors. You can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. Danica, where can people find you online? Mostly at the lesbury, L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y.com. All right. And I mostly hang out on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. If you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy reading. <laughs>